Paul says here, he says, that no flesh should glory in his presence, but of him are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us wisdom, number one, and righteousness, number two, and sanctification, number three, and redemption, number four, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Now the Bible says there, and Paul's telling us that in Jesus Christ, God thinks you need four things. And that every man, woman, boy, and girl needs these four things. And these four things are, according to verse 30, that you need it in Jesus Christ, made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. Guys, I want to preach this morning on four things God thinks you need. Four things that God says that you need. So notice there in verse 30, he gives us four things that he, that God gives us four things we need and we only can find this in Jesus Christ. That's wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. But notice he puts a, he puts some bookends on this verse. On verse 30, he puts some book, bookends. The first bookends found in verse 29. That no flesh should glory in his presence. So God's made it where you're not going to stand before him and start glory and saying, look what I've done for you, Lord. Look what I've done, God. And I've done this, God. And I've done that. God doesn't want that. He doesn't want you standing and doing, having any kind of glory in his presence. And notice the other bookends found in verse 31. That according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. So he, he doesn't want you glorying in your own works and your own righteousness. He wants you to glory in the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm here to tell you, Jesus Christ gets all the glory, and God's got it set up. He's going to get all the glory, and He wants Jesus Christ to get all the glory. So let's look at verse 30 and see these things that God wants, wants us to have that He says we need. You know, when you watch TV, the world's always telling you things you need. And you can't get away from it. You turn on TV, and you need this pillar. You've got to have this pillar. My wife was flipping through the channels and I was watching and it looked like she's going through these channels and every other commercial on these channels was a commercial for my pillow. And they were trying to sell you this big, nice, big, fluffy pillow. Well, see, they already got us on that. Because my wife had thought, well, I think I might need, because she was having trouble sleeping, I might want to try that my pillow. So I went and searched all over for this my pillow, and I found her one. I think I got it for her for Christmas. And she opened it up, and she said, this is my pillow. I always wanted to try this, and she didn't like it. <laughs> the world says she needed it, so that, that her pillow turned into my pillow. So now that my pillow is on my side of the bed. But the world had convinced us we need a new pillow. We need a new cooking pan. We need a new car. We need, there's all these new things. He says, you've got to have it. You've got to have this new phone. You've got to have this new computer. They're always trying to sell you something. And notice they're trying to sell it to you. Jesus Christ is what you need. And all these things you're going to find in Jesus Christ. And let me tell you something about this. And this is the most wonderful thing about Jesus Christ. It's F-R-E-E. It's free. It's free in Jesus Christ. Come unto me freely. Uh, that's one of the most wonderful things about Jesus Christ. It's not something you have to work for, something you have to pay off. You're not going to be in debt to God when you receive Jesus Christ. It's grace. It's a free gift. He just gives it to you. because You know why God does that? Because He's just good. <laughs> he doesn't have to. And the world looks at God the wrong way. They always try to look at God. Why is God doing this? Why is God doing that? No, I wonder why is God so good to us? Why doesn't God just take the earth in the palm of His hand and go... And just blow us all off of here. Why doesn't he just do that? These people say, why does God let all this wickedness happen? Why does God let all this sin happen? Man, you better pray praising God he does. Because <laughs> see, when God gets tired of this, 
you're, you're thinking of those really, really wicked people over there, see. <laughs> when they say that, they're thinking, oh, why doesn't God let get rid of those wicked people? You forget you're just as wicked. And I'm about to show it to you, and God says you need this stuff in Jesus Christ. The first thing is, verse 30, but of him are you in Christ Jesus, who of God is made unto us. So Christ is made unto us what? Wisdom. First thing God says you need is wisdom. God says you need wisdom because you are stupid. <laughs> now, I know you go to school nowadays, and my wife is a teacher. I know Sister Holly's a teacher. You, go to you don't say the word stupid. You don't say the word stupid. Well, God says you're stupid. I know I'm stupid. I, put, I, I mean, we're all stupid. The world is stupid, guys. <laughs> the world says, we have it all figured out, and they don't have a cure for the common cold. You know, they, they, they get, I actually read, and I wish I would have saved the article with this scientist. This young scientist says, we almost have it all figured out, and then there'll be no need for God. You almost have it all figured out? Get out of it. You don't have nothing figured out. <laughs> you think you have some theories about things, but when you, put, when you can give me a pill and it makes hair grow on my head, then you're close to having it all figured out. When you can give me a pill and I won't get a cold, then you're getting close. I, I didn't say you had it figured out. I said you're getting close to figuring it out. And you'll never have it all figured out. But that's how stupid the world is. The world's just full of stupid people. Look up at, back at verse 20, same chapter. Look at verse 20, what God says about wisdom. Because we think we're so wise. God says, where is the wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the disputer of this world? Hath not God made foolish the wisdom of this world? Oh, yes, he has. Oh, definitely, yes, he has. I know about seven, eight, ten years ago, it was, it was global warming. We all need to, global warming, the world's burning up, global warming. And then what happened? Well, God has a sense of humor, and then you had some of the deepest freezes ever to hit New York City in that northern east area. So now you don't hear it as global warming anymore, do you? They're so wise now, it's climate change. We need to be worried about the climate change. God makes them look stupid. You want, a, you, want a scientist, you want to make a scientist look really stupid? You know, they're so smart. How does a bumblebee fly? Yeah. He's not supposed to be able to fly. You can't put this big old black, a bump, not, I'm talking about a bumblebee. That big old black bumblebee, those wings are not supposed to be able to make him fly. But he don't know that. He <laughs> said, so God gave me this. That's the wisdom of the Lord. For, the, for verse 21, for after, that, for after that in the wisdom of God, the world by wisdom knew not God. So the world, they use wisdom to try to get rid of God. They use their education to try to get rid of God. They start saying, you know, I'm smart enough not to believe in hell. I'm smart enough not to believe in a God. I'll be honest with you guys, I've dealt with atheists on and off in my lifetime, and man, there's nobody more self-righteous than an atheist. But I've never, and this might be just my experience, but I personally have never met a poor, uneducated atheist. Every atheist I've dealt with has been highly educated and just rich, have everything given to them. A lot of times it's young kids. Their mom and dad's bought them a car, they don't have to work for a living, and they're arguing with me about there is no God. It's like, man, you hadn't even lived life yet. Wait till you get cancer. Wait till you start dealing with some health problems. Wait till you start dealing with some emotional problems. And you need a God. Then you come back and tell me there is no God. So you don't, don't tell me when you're 20 years old still wiping the, the snot off your nose that there's no God. By wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Amen. 
you know what? It's foolish for me to be up here preaching. God just said right there, look. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. Everybody in the need to sound of my voice that is a born-again Christian was one time or another preached to. And God says, that's foolishness. A guy gets up here, opens up a book, preaches the word of God. That's foolishness. And that's what the world says. That's foolishness. That's, that's complete foolishness of what the world says. And God says it is too. But that's how he saves people. Amen. Amen. That's how he saves people. Of preaching to save them that believe. Amen. God sets this thing up. It's one of the most foolish things you think about when you start thinking about salvation. When you really, really start thinking about being saved, what, what you're doing. It'll make you think, what am I doing? I'm gone crazy. Look, look, look at this. Verse 22, for the Jews require a sign and the Greeks seek after wisdom. See, the Jew, the Jew Israel, they, they're a nation started with signs, crossing the Red Sea, all the, all the plagues brought on Egypt. So God says they require a sign. So when Jesus Christ showed up, he started giving them signs. He's healing, healing, healing the sick, casting out demons, walking on the water. He's doing all these things. That's what the Lord's doing. He's giving them all these signs. Guys, we seek after wisdom. We want somebody to tell us how it, how it works. God could give y'all a sign, and y'all are so Greek, y'all are so Gentile, y'all would say, I think I figured that out. Or I think I, I want to know how to figure it out. I want to figure out how he walked on water. Instead of just believing, you're seeking after wisdom. You're seeking after men that have gone to college. You're seeking after wisdom. And that's what Greeks seek after. But look at verse 23. But we preach Christ crucified. Amen. Unto the Jews a stumbling block, because they don't believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. But look at this, and unto the Greeks foolishness you know why you need wisdom in jesus christ it's really foolish to think about what you're doing this morning you're saying you're trusting on a jew that two thousand years ago was crucified you're saying you trust on that blood out of a jew from two thousand years ago to save you <laughs> yeah yes yes i do that's foolishness yeah that's foolishness but that's god's way of doing things god does it that way that's the way god loves to do it it's foolishness, but it's God's foolishness. But unto them which are called, both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. So the wisdom of God is found in Jesus Christ. The power of God is found in Jesus Christ. Guys, it's all about Jesus Christ. Because the foolishness of God is wiser than men. Amen. See, even when God's being foolish, it's a lot wiser than any of us are ever going to be. So that's why he's saying, hey, you need wisdom. You need the wisdom of God. And the weakness of God is stronger than men. Verse 26, for ye see your calling, brethren, how that not many wise men after the flesh, not many mighty, not many noble are called. That's true. Uh, Dr. Ruttman likes to say, uh, education, education without salvation is damnation. And what he means by that is you, the more you get educated and you're not saved, you're just leading yourself down closer to hell. Because you, what you do is you educate yourself above your intelligence. And you start thinking you're really smart. You got it all figured out. Like I just said, you'll be like a scientist said, we're just this close to figuring it all out and there'll be no need for God. That's foolishness. Amen. That's somebody who's educated beyond their intelligence. Uh, we see this. I shown the video. You know, these guys say, that, listen, they don't know where life came from. They can give you this evolutionary theory, and like Sister Martin was saying, hundreds of thousands of years ago this thing was created, and millions of years ago this thing. And the, they, they got all these theories, and they got all this lineup. They can show you a graph, and they can go on A&E, and they can go on planet, animal planet, and they can show you all this stuff. But listen, there's one truth that they don't like to admit to you. They do not know where life came from. Amen. 
scientifically, there is no way you get life from nothing. You can't get something from nothing. It does not work scientifically impossible. So they know that, but they don't like to talk about it. We know where life came from. We know it came from God. You can't get life from a rock. And that's where you, what you, what evolutionary, evolutionary theory breaks down to. You're getting life from a rock. That's stupid. That's stupid. That's why God says you need wisdom from Jesus Christ. You need wisdom. You know what those, you know, like Dawkins, the, uh, the famous atheist that wrote the God delusion book. You know, I showed the, the video of him in here. And remember what he said when, when he was confronted? Well, where did life come from? Remember what he said? He said, well, we're thinking aliens came down and they planted a seed here on earth. He believes that. He can't explain life, so he says, uh, well, aliens from another planet come down and they planted the seed of human on earth. A third grader in third grade would raise his hand and say, Mr. Dawkins, where did aliens come from? That's what they're doing with the evolution. He can't explain life, so he tries to push it off on aliens. They can't explain they can't explain the world, so they try to push it off on time millions of years ago. Millions and millions of years ago. See, when you go back to the textbooks, it used to be hundreds of thousands of years ago. And then as science got to figuring out we got problems here, they started just creating time. See, the time to them is a great fixer. We'll just throw time at it, and it'll fix all our problems. Millions of years, now it's billions of years, and it'll be trillions of years. It's coming. Because to them, time is magic. You give, something time, you give something long enough time, something will happen. That's what they believe. See that rock we planted out there for our sign? They believe if you leave that thing there millions and millions and billions of years, eventually that thing will turn into an elephant or something. Yeah. Man, you can, you can get, we can sit out here for the rest of our lives. Nothing's going to happen to that rock except it might fall over or decay. It's a rock. You can't get life from a rock. The only one who can get life from a rock is God Almighty. Jesus Christ said, you don't, they told Jesus Christ, you hear what these children, because the children were praising Jesus Christ, and the Pharisees came up and said, tell those children to shut up. Tell them to be quiet. And Jesus Christ says, I'm going to tell you something. If if you was to shut those children up, the stones themselves would cry out. God can raise up the stones to start crying out, Jesus is Lord. Guys, don't mess with God. It's wisdom. It's wisdom. Verse 27, but God had chosen the foolish things of the world to confound the wise, and God had chosen the weak things of the world to confound the things which are mighty. The Lord says we need wisdom. We need wisdom. You know, there's a, talking about how stupid people can be, I was uh, talking to a friend that goes down to the Angola prison down in Louisiana to the rodeo. They have a rodeo there for all the prisoners. And one of the things he says, one of my favorite things to do, he said, is to watch the guts and glory. And what he does, they get about, I mean, look like, I've seen, uh, you can go on YouTube and look this up. There's literally hundreds of these convicts out there, and they get a bull, and this bull comes running out there, and he's got a poker chip on his horn, like dangling down over here. And if you can grab that poker chip, you'll get like $100 for those prisoners. So they get, you know, everybody in prison wants a chance at $100, amen? So here comes that bull, and those guys will be standing there, and that bull just, boom, pick them up, throw them up about 30 feet in the air, whatever, stomp on them, you know. And they're over there trying to get $100. And then you got the guys that are really smart. They're sitting on the edge like this. Like they don't want no part. They don't want no part of that bull. And there's one guy, he, 
hits, the bull hits a guy and he's rolling over and he's rolling over and he lays there and the bull's sitting there and he just reaches up and grabs that chip and wins it all. And they had to come out with a stretcher. And they, he said they came out with a stretcher and they got the guy and the guy was holding up that chip, chip when they were carrying him out on a stretcher, you know. No, man, that's stupid. There's a guy named Lawn Chair Larry. Y'all have heard of this guy, maybe. He decided in the brilliance of drinking that he was going to get a lawn chair and he wanted to float up about 30 feet. So he went to this, uh, he went to this army surplus and he bought about 45 army surplus weather balloons. 45 of these suckers, and he filled them up with helium. And he had his lawn chair tethered down. He had, he had a pellet gun in his hand, in his lap, and he had, a, had a case of, I mean, he had a six-pack of beer, and his friends were there, and he had 45 helium balloons tied to his lawn chair. And his idea was what he's going to do is he's going to cut that, that cord. He's going to go about 30 feet up there, and he's going to look around, drink him a couple of beers. Then he's going to shoot those balloons, you know, and it'll bring him back down. They fill the 45 balloons up. He's sitting in his lawn chair. They cut the leather. They cut the cord for the lawn chair. They said he went skyrocketing. <laughs> he didn't just float leisurely up. He, he didn't go up 30 feet. He didn't go up 100 feet. He didn't go up 1,000 feet. He leveled off at 16,000 feet in the air. This is a true story. He was so high up in the air, he was floating around, and they were having airplanes reporting him over at the airport. Like, what's this weird thing? All this... And this guy's up there, and he's freaking out, you know, what I do now, you know. He's probably still got a beer in his hand, you know. So he just waited around, and I think he shot a couple of blue, and he started coming down from 16,000 feet. And he come down, he got caught up in some power lines, and the idiot was able to survive. And he jumped off. This is back in the early 80s. He jumped off, and of course, it was big-time news. Some of y'all may have heard of this guy. He was so famous that he went, he went on circuits where he was, it was talking. And they were paying this guy, Lawn Chair Larry, to come in and talk to them about why he did this and all he did. You know, this crazy guy's an idiot. You know, at the end of, his, at the end of all this, when he started running out, they started running out of money. People didn't want to hear him anymore. They said, no, Lawn Chair Larry just went off in the woods and got a gun and just committed suicide. Without Jesus Christ. See, without Jesus Christ. We, can, we all do stupid things in here, right? We all do stupid things, but you need Jesus Christ. You need the wisdom. It's only found in Jesus Christ. God has made unto us wisdom. Wisdom. Why, does he, why do we have to have wisdom? Because we're stupid. And it says there we need righteousness. Righteousness. Why do we need righteousness there in verse 30? He's made unto us wisdom and to righteousness. Why do we need righteousness? Because, guys, you're just not right. Amen. <laughs> Amen. You need righteousness because you're just not right. Amen. The Bible says there's none righteous, no, not one. Welcome short of the glory of God. There's nobody you know who's not a sinner. Nobody. See, there's a lot of religions. This is the one the religions want to mark off the list. They want to say, hey, Jesus can give you wisdom. Jesus can give you sanctification. Jesus can give you redemption. But Jesus doesn't give you righteousness. You earn your righteousness. You go and you work for your righteousness. If you're a Jehovah's Witness, you're knocking on doors for your righteousness. You're doing good works for your righteousness. And that's the one they want to mark off the list. Because they don't want to admit that Jesus Christ is the one that gives you your righteousness. If you got your Bible open, look at Romans 10. This is, this is where you need to go for this righteousness stuff. Let's go there real quick. Romans chapter 10. Paul says here in Romans chapter 10, verse 1, Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. For I bear them record that they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. Yeah, so these religious people that you know, they're very zealous for God, amen? Some of them are so zealous they're willing to blow themselves up for their religion. 
They're willing to go out on Saturday, knock on doors. They're willing to do all, they have a zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. All sincerity without the truth is still a lie. All sincerity without the truth is still a lie, guys. All right. Verse 3. For they being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness have not submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. God says you need righteousness in Jesus Christ. And the world says I'll make my own righteousness. I'll do my own works. I'll go to church. I'll read my Bible. I'll, I'll do my own righteousness. And God says I don't want your righteousness. God says in Isaiah, all your righteousnesses is as filthy rags in the sight of the Lord. It's filthy, guys. It's like a kid. We've talked about this before. It's like a little kid. And you, send a, you come in, you see your little kid, and he's been playing in the mud, and he's filthy. Yeah. You say, you, you don't tell that kid, go in there and clean up. You don't tell, tell a two-year-old to go clean up. What happens when a two-year-old goes in there and cleans up in the bathroom? He comes out looking worse, and then the bathroom's worse off. Amen? He can't clean himself up. He needs that righteousness. He needs to be cleaned up. Listen, we need the righteousness of Jesus Christ. But look at verse 4. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believeth. So in verse 6 there it says, But the righteousness which is of faith speaketh on this rise. So this, this righteousness that God gives you in Jesus Christ comes by faith in Jesus Christ. So if he says you need righteousness, that means you're not right. And you're never going to be right, and you're never going to find yourself right. You need to get in Jesus. You understand where this is going? You're not going to get the glory. God's getting all the glory through Jesus Christ. You're not going to stand up and, like the Bible says in Ephesians 2, 8 and 9, you're not going to stand and boast. You're saved by grace, not of works, lest any man should boast. You're not going to get in heaven and start boasting about everything. God don't care about what you've done. God only cares about it if you've received Jesus Christ. When you get to heaven, you get to the door of heaven, and you get to those gates, do you have the ticket? Do you have the Jesus ticket? He don't care what you've done, how many poor people you've fed. He don't, he don't care how many times you've gone to church. He don't care what bad things you've done. It's do you have Jesus Christ? That's, listen, going to hell is a sin of omission. It's a sin of omission. It's what you don't do. Everybody's going to hell. Everybody's already condemned. He that believeth on the Son is not condemned. He that believeth not is condemned already. Amen. Without Jesus Christ, it's not like, oh, well, I have a chance. You have no chance. Yeah. No righteousness, no wisdom, no sanctification, no redemption. You're going to hell. Yeah. This isn't a Joe Osteen message. Amen. It's hell. And you're going there without Jesus Christ. You've got to have Jesus Christ. Back in 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. So you've got to have wisdom. The Lord says you've got to have righteousness. And look at another thing he says. And sanctification. And sanctification. Sanctification, why? Sanctification because we are unclean. We're dirty. God is holy and we're dirty. It's like the little boy I just told you a story on. We're dirty and God needs to clean us up. You're not going to clean your own self up. You're unclean. God is holy and clean and he expects you to be holy and clean. And you can't get holy and clean in God's eyes Outside of Jesus Christ. You must get in Jesus Christ to have sanctification, to be set apart. You know what? This morning, a lot of y'all look really good. And that's not bragging. Y'all just some good looking folks. Y'all look really, really clean this morning. But your spouse knows all your nasty habits. Amen, brother. That's why you don't have a spouse. Yeah, but your spouse, my spouse, knows all our, all our uh, nasty habits. We're at home, and 
Uh, you come over to the house, Brother Keegan's sitting around in his underwear, you know, and the door knocks. A lot of times somebody knocks, and why, not, why does Kathy always answer the door? Because I have to run and get clothes on, you know. I'm sitting in there with my underwear watching TV or sitting around, and I like to relax. Nasty habit, amen. amen. Nasty habits. What does Brother George, what was your dad used to say? Love is blind, but marriage is an eye-opener. You know, they, they can do no wrong until you get married to them and you start seeing all the wrongs that they can do. And the ladies love to point out all the wrongs that we can do. <laughs> Amen. But the Lord knows all our nasty habits. See, our spouse knows some of our nasty habits. God knows all of them. Amen. He knows how nasty you are. Amen. All those things you're doing when nobody else is around. All those things you're watching. All those things you're looking at. All those things you're talking about. All those things you're listening to. When nobody's around, God's still around. Amen. And He knows that you're unclean. He knows you're unclean, and you need to be sanctified. You know, they uh, interviewed Sally Jesse Raphael, that lady that was an interviewer, and they asked her about interviewing thousands of celebrities over the years, and they asked Sally Jesse, they said, uh, what was the one thing that would surprise you about all these thousands of interviews you did with celebrities? She said, what's the one thing that surprised you? She said this. She said, here's the thing that surprised me most. They stink. <laughs> Famous people stink. They stink. She said, you get to interview them, you get close to them, you realize they stink. <laughs> they smell filthy. See these stars, you see these stars, they look like a million bucks. They look like a million bucks, but they stink to high heaven. Sin stinks, guys. When you're living in sin, you start stinking. Amen. There's a stink to sin. I really believe, and I know I had some preachers that would probably say I'm a heretic for saying this. I really believe this. Cleanliness is next to godliness. And I believe when a guy gets right with the Lord, trying to live for the Lord, I don't care how poor you are, I don't, you, you're going to have a clean house and you're going, to be, you're, going to have a clean, you're going to have some clean clothes on. They might not be the best clothes, but you're not going to stink to high heaven. When I get around somebody and they stink to high heaven and they're stinking, they're, that, to me, that's sin. That shows you how unclean we are. You don't have to stink. Not in America, Amen. Not in America, you don't have, there's a, what, most of us have houses where there's 16 different ways to get water. There's no reason for us to be unclean, but we are unclean, we're nasty, and God knows it, and the only way we're going to get clean is through Jesus Christ. It's made, God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification, because we're unclean, and the last one is redemption. Amen, that's the one you need. That's the one you need, redemption. Redemption, because, why do we need to be redeemed? Because we're a slave to sin. Guys, without Jesus Christ, you're in Satan's pawn shop being worked over. Never able to get out. You can't buy your way out. You get something, you get into pawn shop, you get into slavery, you get into bondage, you can't buy your way out. You're just a bond servant. You're just a slave to sin. And so many men, they, they need to be redeemed and they're, they're, they're tied up by the cords of sin. It was started out just a little bitty cord and they take that cord and the Bible describes sin that way. That it's just a little cord, but when you get one and two and you get three cords around, nobody can break that. And they get wound up in sin and bondage of sin and they need to be redeemed. They need to be released. They're in a pawn shop, Satan's pawn shop. We need redemption because we're a slave to sin. Some of the greatest movies, some of the greatest stories, man, I'm not talking about God, but man's ever written, the theme of those stories are redemption. I was reading the story of a pastor, and he was outside of his church, and this little boy come by, and he had, a, he had an old rusty birdcage that was full of birds. 
And he asked that boy, what are you doing? Where would you get those? He goes, I found them out in the field. He goes, well, what are you going to do with those birds? And that boy said, well, I'm just going to take them home. I'm going to play with them and then probably feed them to my old cat. <laughs> and that preacher said, uh, I'll buy those off you. And that uh, boy said, sir, these, these birds are worthless. These birds are worthless. And the preacher said, I still want them. I'll buy them off you. You sure? Because these birds, these birds can't even sing. You don't want these preacher. And the preacher said, I'll buy them off you. So he made a deal with the boy, and he gave the boy the money, and the boy left. That little boy left, and he was all happy because he got such a good deal for these worthless birds. And that preacher said he put that bird cage up there, and he said, I opened up that cage, and those birds were just fluttering around. He said, they just took out. And he goes, I could hear them singing as they left out. And they were singing, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. Amen. See, to the world and to Satan, we're just worthless. And the world will take you, chew you up and spit you out. And not care one bit. You know, they'll feed you beer, feed you beer, give you beer, give you drugs, and then when your life falls apart, you're an alcoholic, you're a druggie, then they're saying, you shouldn't, that, that's your fault, that's your problem, go to jail, who cares about you? Then we'll give you a Bible, now that you're in jail. And that's what Satan does, Satan, can see, Satan deceives you, Satan tries to convince you that everything's okay, and he's got you in bondage, and you're miserable, and you're unhappy, and if you're in here this morning, then you need to be redeemed. That's one of the greatest things about Jesus Christ. When you get in Jesus Christ, it's not that you got this wisdom that only He can give you. You're going to get this righteousness only He can give you. You're going to get cleaned up, sanctified like only He can clean you up. But the redemption is what the greatest thing Jesus Christ gives us. It's that that's ability to say, you know, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm no good, I'm worthless, but in God's eyes, He loves me. Amen. And He loves me enough to die for me. See, Jesus Christ, to get you out of bondage, to get you out of the pawn shop, the price he had to pay was his precious blood. And you say, well, how much does Jesus Christ love me? He loves you enough to die for you. And boy, when you get redeemed, when you get out of bondage, you break free. I'm not saying we're perfect, amen. I'm not saying we don't commit sin. I'm not saying we don't do things that are wrong. But I'm saying when you get out of that bondage, when you get out of the Satan's pawn shop, there's a weight that comes off your shoulder, and you're like, I'm redeemed. You're like that bird. I'm redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. Amen. And it makes you want to go tell everybody else, you need to find Jesus Christ. You need to receive Jesus Christ. You need redemption in Jesus Christ. It don't go back to preaching. It don't go back to the Baptist. It don't go back to, to Methodists. Or, it doesn't matter. We're not talking about the denomination. We're not talking about anything other than Jesus Christ and what you need in him. Because that no flesh should glory in his presence, and that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Amen. Thank the Lord that we have somebody. I'm so thankful to the Lord that he sent Jesus Christ to redeem me because I'm worthless. I'm sorry, I'm stupid, I'm unclean, I'm not right. I'm all those things, but I can tell you one thing I am right now. I am redeemed. Hello, this is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church. Are you sick and tired of this world? Are you sick and tired of this life that you're living? Did you know that God has a free gift for you? It's the gift of eternal life through Jesus Christ. Have you ever received this gift? You know, a gift can be offered but not received. You can bow your head and ask Jesus right now to save you and give you his free gift of eternal life. Now, you might ask, how do I know he'll give me this free gift? 
because I did the same thing, because I bowed my head, knowing I'm a sinner, and asked him to save me, and he did. And I've never been the same. And this life with Jesus is a thousand times better than anything this world can offer me. Now, we would love to hear from you if you want to contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. Until next time. Casting all your care upon him.